0: It's time for the Retire ASAP podcast. Here's
1: your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and with me I have my co host, Bradley Fike.
0: Yes, sir. That's right. Fresh back from Virginia.
1: From Virginia, dropping off uh, your daughter and my sister, she just moved down there.
0: Yes, Lynchburg. Lynchburg, home of Liberty University. Didn't have much time to explore the town, but seems to be a lot there. And you're
1: freshly back from a big fishing trip last week. Did some fishing last week and this week.
0: Yes, this Friday. I'm going this week you're with you. You're going
1: this Friday. I bet you I catch the biggest fish.
0: Your mother did it on our trip. You know, I was a little upset and she's still telling and bragging to everybody that she caught the biggest
1: fish. Yeah, she told me all about. It. She said there was money on the table for it.
0: There was. We had a little, bucks. we had a side bet, $20, there were 6 of us fishing, $20 a person in. So she netted 100 out of it, yes.
1: Uh, she goes on like one or two fishing trips a year and she always has something that she brags about, whether it was caught the most fish or caught the biggest fish. And then it's like she she's done for the year cuz she's got her bragging rights. Yeah, and the,
0: and the disclaim, I had caught a 23 and a quarter inch fish. So we're talking three quarter of an inch difference. Yeah. We're I, talking walleye here, by the way, for the listeners.
1: Right. But I mean, the biggest fish is the biggest fish, even if it's by a tenth of an inch. I know. I know. <laughs> You've already heard this argument. Yes,
0: I've heard it all. <laughs> I keep bringing back, we're talking three quarters of an inch.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter to her. She she won and she has the money to prove it. Yes, she does. Well, welcome back. Um, it is a beautiful summer day here in Worcester, Ohio. Um, and it has been all weekend, it's been really hot up here. So I kind of like that stuff. But anyway, wherever you're at, you're probably enjoying summer. I know that things are slowing down. I talked to a few teachers who are happy that summer break is here. I've talked to the same number of parents who are just as unhappy that their kids are not going to school all day and they have their hands full with um, little rugrats running around home. Maybe that's you. But today, what I want to talk about is maybe the coolest thing about summer is, at least here in Ohio, is that they've lifted the mask mandate. Yes. It is wonderful. Absolutely. About time it is and it's for those who are vaccinated although how would you ever know if someone that you can't really ask them if they're vaccinated so how would you ever really know if they're vaccinated or not it's just kind of like a I guess we're back to the outlaw worlds of no mask. It's
0: easy. You just, you know, you got a little metal detector. You can check for robots in your Rob- blood, <laughs>
1: the 5g robots and the tracking device. Yeah. So, you know, they the should have a little
0: wand. They run around you and if it
1: beeps like a metal <laughs> detector. Then they know that you haven't, you've had it. And well, you're the, good to go. I, I wish I would have known that I would have picked up one for our office. We could just test everybody that comes in the door. Well, if you didn't
0: get a shot, you just get a lot of metal and just rub it all over your body. <laughs> it's like liquid metal, liquid and metal. It goes off. And isn't you know,
1: that, what, yeah, see, isn't that what mercury is? That, I mean, has Not, some side effects to you know putting that all over yeah, your skin, but they say
0: all of it has side effects, <laughs> including the shot so you know what <laughs> true it is what it is. all I can say is uh I don't have a mask on and I haven't for. A couple of weeks now, and it is a glorious day.
1: Especially when it's hot out. But the the reason I want to talk about this is not because I really care to talk about COVID. I'm pretty much fed up with the whole conversation. And the mass talk. Yeah. And mass talk, and everybody really is. But I think what I want to do, and we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, is that we want to talk a little bit about what was the good stuff that we got out of this quarantine? You know, we go back to last March, last April, when everything started hitting the fan, and we go, there was a lot. There was so many different things. Things were shutting down. Uh, Businesses weren't allowed to be open. There was all kinds of stuff going on at that time. And there were some things that were really, really bad. But what I like to think about is there were some silver linings in all that. We learned some really interesting lessons as we got shut down and locked into our houses and everyone was working from home for a little while. And I think it was really interesting to kind of see maybe, is there something that we learned from quarantine that we can kind of continue forward? You know, is there financial lessons that we learned that would be good to keep on going with rather than just stopping because quarantine is over?
0: Well, yeah, I think I learned a huge lesson. And, oh boy,
1: uh, this is I, I can see the look on his face that you guys can't, so I know this is a little bit of a joke here. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, I might be serious, oh, oh, you don't sorry. know that. I'll, I'll put my serious face well, on.
0: Well, I think my biggest lesson is that I can uh, live without people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I mean, you know, I used to be a very social person, and so COVID has taught me to be antisocial, and uh, now I enjoy my privacy of not talking to anybody for a day.
1: You like to lock yourself in a dark room I'm, and just like, solitary confinement. I'm just kidding. I just
0: uh, was thinking of someone that uh, is related to us who doesn't really go out much. And uh, I'm pretty sure that he feels that this is nothing's changed.
1: Right. Cause I, quarantine? I, I what didn't quarantine? go anywhere anyhow. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember talking to him. I, I was like, so how's a uh, quarantine been for you? He goes, what's quarantine? Oh, is everybody inside now? That's yeah. where I'm always at. You know, he just kind of... In, at least he has a sense of humor that oh, he can absolutely. play that Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean go without people. I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of lonely people and a lot of, you know, you can talk about mental health and the positive and negative ways. And I, you can definitely see that there was a downturn in individual mental health when it comes to loneliness and anxiety and depression right. when you're locked away from people. So I'm glad that we're getting back together, that restaurants are open again and that people are getting together and having parties and things like that. That's, that's good. That's good for people. Human interaction is a good thing. But that's not what we're talking about. I want to talk about some of the financial things that we learned. And one of the biggest things that I think uh, was all over kind of the news headlines when it came to our industry and finances is that people were spending less money last year. Can you imagine that? Well, yeah,
0: I can. (laughs) I mean, you know, you're really going out to eat. um, You just didn't do it uh, for a long time. I'm not saying I didn't do it at all later on, but that first couple, two or three months, you were like, ah, it's not worth it. Right. I mean, I'm just either going to do takeout, which you did, but you know the food just isn't as good, right? I mean, right. you Get it home; it's cold, or it just isn't the same. You get a pizza; it doesn't taste the same as if you bought it at the you know the place and sat right there and it, things of that sort. So yeah, I can uh, I can say that uh, you know it's it's a different world now, which are, uh, we're uh, not normal. It's not the old normal, right? Right. I mean, is that a good way to look at it?
1: I would say so. I mean, I think of My wife had two concerts that she had bought tickets for. One early summer, one late summer that she was planning on going to. Both were canceled last year. And every one of those had a refund option. You could either roll your tickets over to the next year, which of course she did because she's not missing the concert, or you could get your refund. A lot of people probably went with the refund, right? And so there's just so many different things. Restaurants were closed, so you only did takeout. Well, if you only do takeout at a bar, I can tell you the bar had a lot less revenue. There's a local bar here that I know the owner um, great guy, and I was asking him during quarantine, we would get takeout from there. I said, how's it going? He goes, it's awful, because he goes, food sales just barely break even for us. We make all of our profits out of the alcohol sales, and no one's here. No one stays for two or three drinks. Right. They get one drink to go with their dinner. He goes, we're making no money. Now, eventually, when things started opening back up, he he got his feet under him, but still... Those types of things, people were saving money, even if they're just getting takeout, they aren't spending as much at a restaurant. Or like I say, concerts, entertainment things, plays, anything that had a local venue where you left your house pretty much shut down. Right. And it was crazy. Now, people were spending less money, which I think is really interesting because I think there's a lesson that we can learn from this, is that for many, many months, we went without a lot of entertainment. We went without spending on things that may be frivolous spending or things that if you were looking at a budget, there's your needs and your wants. We went without spending a lot on the things that we would want, the things that we don't need, but that we enjoy. And I think there might be a lesson to be learned about what exactly is so important about what we're spending our money on. Is this truly something that we want to give our hard-earned dollars away to or is this just something that we were just so used to doing, right? I don't know. Maybe you could have some ideas on what that looks like of how do you decide if that's going to be the case? How do we keep going with spending less money? How do we decide what the wants are versus the needs? And how does that feel?
0: Well, I think uh, spending above and beyond your needs is kind of addictive. It really I mean, you know, the more you go out, the more you want to go out. In other words, the more movies I, I go to a theater, I want to go see some more or the more pizza places I want to visit the more I want it I mean it's just it's an addictive behavior right it's Mm -hmm. it's a behavior that we all have to deal with and I think the thing we can learn from this is can we discipline ourselves to cut down on that frivolous spending I'm not saying eliminate it still want to go out on Friday night or Saturday evening with some friends or whatever you know but not maybe as much as you, you found out you really didn't need it as much as you did Right. Right? I mean, after a while, you're like, I don't even want to go out. I'll throw something on the grill. That's where I was at. Mm -hmm. And I'm still there now. I find myself this year, your mom and I'd be like on a Thursday night, go, well, you want to go somewhere to get something? Nah, I just throw something on the grill. I just, I don't want to go out anymore. I kind of lost that taste for it, I guess. I mean, I still want to go. We don't do, we still do, but not like we used to. Right. And so I think that's a big key that you learn out of that is it is a discipline thing, but in a way, we've we've broken a bad behavior. We've broken a habit.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: now is a time to capture that. If you want, some people won't, but some people will. Now is a time to capture that, that and and take advantage of what kind of money you'll save and and use it for other
1: things that might be more important. It was it was really interesting, and and I'd have to go back and look at the numbers because I did this back last summer and i started kind of crunching numbers to say how much money are we saving per month versus what we did a year ago so if i look at my june of 2020 versus my june of 2019 what was my spending habits and the amount of times that we went out to eat now of course Back then, we didn't have a toddler that was running around the restaurant, which definitely throws a wrench in any time that you go out to eat. If you have little kids or anything like that, you know that that's a different experience. But when we were younger and and didn't have a toddler running around or whatever it was, there was a lot of spending at going out, whether it's going out to grab drinks or food on a Friday night. Well, then we would do it Saturday night too. And then maybe we meet somebody somewhere on a Tuesday night because there's a special burger night somewhere or something like that. We spent a lot more. And then I look at our budget and I go, wow. We spent a lot more on groceries in June of 2020, but if you compare my grocery bill to what my eating out bill was, I was spending as much in a month as what we were spending in two weeks of eating out. And it's crazy to think that whole month of groceries, we had plenty to eat and we were doing just fine. And so you think about that, like you're saying, this is, we broke a habit of maybe some of the addictive going out or doing things every night or having some form of entertainment where you're paying a hundred bucks for a ticket or 20 bucks for a ticket at the movie theater, plus 15 bucks for popcorn and snacks, whatever it was, you've broken that habit So as we go into this year and we get those mask mandates gone and we start seeing things open up and we're going out more often, do we need to start thinking about, well, do I really need this one or should I be saving this money or should I be using it for something else? Maybe it's my retirement. Maybe it's the down payment on my house. Maybe it's the down payment on the vacation home that we're trying to buy. Whatever it is, is this really a want that I need right now or is this a want that I can pass up on for the time being?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like I can go out to dinner and have a nice steak. Or I can stay home and grill some spam. And it's a lot cheaper. Sure is. Really isn't so bad. Uh, your mother doesn't like it, but, you know, hey, grilled spam is pretty tasty. So anyhow, um, I mean, <laughs> I can't
1: imagine it's good for you. I though. just had
0: to throw that out there a little <laughs> good bit because you know, yeah. I've seen spam ads on TV now, not spam from your Internet. It's actual spam in the can. Spam you know? in the can. Yeah, wow. So, I um, haven't seen those in a long time. So it must be coming back because of, you know, COVID maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyhow, I, I, I've seen a few ads. That's lately.
1: hilarious. Well, so I, and this kind of goes into the second lesson that I think people learned. Right. So when you lower your expenses and you have more money in your pocket at the end of the month, let's say, or the end of the week, whatever it is, however you budget, and you've lowered those expenses, what ended up happening during quarantine is that people had higher savings too. The savings rates were ridiculous. They were through the roof compared to the year before. And a lot of that is because people were spending less money. But Tell me a little bit about savings, and I mean, what kind of habits should people have with savings? Should we be really thinking about a certain number? Should it be more personalized to whatever your situation is? What kind of stuff should people be thinking about when it comes to savings?
0: Well, I think anything in finances that we've discussed uh, many, many times is it's a very personal situation. You can't be general, but I would have to say that probably every client that I've met with this year has more money in savings than they've ever had. I mean- you know let, let's think about that we're talking about people who are engaged in the investment financial planning world so they have budgeted themselves somewhat whether they follow the budget which i've brought up many times or not they have some kind of system in their head of how they're going to live the rest of their lives so those kind of people have extra savings now there's always your guy out there that was laid off last year and was just a free for all. I got Mm -hmm. extra money and I didn't have to go to work. So I went out and blew money and bought four wheelers or whatever. Right. So I guess going back to, uh, what was your question again?
1: (laughs) I'm just talking about savings, how uh, during quarantine people saved a lot more money and how we want to continue that habit and what kind of things should people be looking to do?
0: Yeah, I think so. You got to look back and go, "What I, I've accumulated the savings. Why can't I continue to do that going forward? Right. And again, this is a behavioral situation, right? We we're, we need to change the habits that we had prior to, which is really hard to change. We were forced to change it. And now we have the option to change that behavior to where we discipline and don't do the stupid stuff and take that savings and work it in our steps process that we've talked about in the last few uh, probably month or two. Yeah, I think it was a couple months ago. Yep. And start utilizing it. Take advantage of lowering the debt and get moving forward on
1: your plan and get get your life in order financially. Absolutely. I heard some really awesome stories throughout quarantine and they a lot of them were related to the idea that people are paying off their credit cards or they're paying off, you know, home equity loans or, you know, home improvement loans that they paid for, you know, windows or or whatever it was that they they had borrowed for and they were paying these off because they had all this extra money in savings. And it's really interesting when you talk to somebody who's paying off debt, they're just so proud. And I don't know, I don't know what oh, that yeah. is. It's like I built this debt up and it's been this stress and this weight on my back and I'm finally getting that thing off of me. There's just power to that. And I think there's a lot of people who when they when they think about saving, they go, I don't want to do that. That means I have to give things up. I have to sacrifice things so that I, I can't spend it all. And I can't enjoy it all. I got to you know, put it away or whatever. But when you think about the difference of what if what I'm saving towards is relieving stress? maybe there won't be the unemployment safety net the next time the pandemic comes around and the next downturn in the economy comes around what if savings for you is the thing that protects you from whatever money problems you might have if you get laid off next time you know whatever that is i mean there is what savings does is it's not this big you know take the money suck it out i have to sacrifice everything i don't get to enjoy it it's really about how do i protect myself and save myself from stress and anxiety down the road It is a mental issue. It
0: really is. I did a questionnaire survey here, I don't know, a week ago or so, and it was a a survey for advisors and how do you feel your clients relate to these kinds of things. And almost every question or every page that the questionnaires were on went right to, do do you think that X, Y, Z had an effect mentally on your client? And it does. And you hit the nail on the head when you said they come in, they have this whole different excitement in life when they pay debt off. Yeah. So it's not only, oh, doom and gloom, I'm going to take my savings and pay some debt off. It's a whole different world mentally when you don't have that dragging on you daily. Yeah. And it does. It wears people down. Now they're, they have less patience probably even less patients with kids if they have a young kid. I mean, it's just a stressful all the way around. So why? it's like exercising. Why don't we do it when it makes you feel better? Right. Right, exactly. I mean, in comparison.
1: Well, and I compare this to my own experience just recently. I had a tax bill that I wasn't prepared for. You know, I got to filing taxes. Oh, yeah, taxes. I heard about that. Yeah, Oh, everyone has to. My wife and you and my mom. Everyone I talk to, I complain about it because it's just, it bothers me. But that's a whole different story in a whole other podcast episode. But the idea was is that I had this tax bill that I wasn't prepared for. And luckily, what I did is we had had an emergency fund in savings so that we could pull out of there to cover some of the tax bill that I wasn't prepared for. And it was, it was a good thing. But at the same time, I go, can I imagine what my life would be like if now I have to make IRS payments on top of my regular bills, my mortgage, on top of my electric bill? All of a sudden now, I have this added stress to my life that if I wouldn't have been saving and following that protocol, I'd be in trouble. And same thing with other clients. When they pay off that credit card, now all of a sudden they have 50, 60, 70 bucks more a month that they don't have to pay on minimum payments. They're excited. Or they pay off that window loan that was a couple hundred bucks a month. that they That's money in their pocket that they can now enjoy or invest for their retirement. These are things that savings is great. The hard part is, is like you say, getting the mental switch to go. I'm actually doing something that's, that's a long-term investment in myself. Not so much a monetary investment, although it is, but a long-term investment in my happiness and my less stressed life. That's yep. huge. All the way around. Absolutely. So, Pandemic, basically what we've covered so far, it taught us to spend less. It's taught us to save more. right? Mm -hmm. And that happened. The statistics are there. All that's true. The one thing, though, that isn't really showing up in statistics, and this is more just what we have experience with clients, is that what the pandemic has taught us as advisors and a lot of our clients is that we need to stay disciplined with our investments in the stock market. Now, again, what we talk about on here, we're not giving any specific advice on any investments or things like that. Everyone has their own situation and you're gonna need to seek out the help of an advisor for your personal stuff and what questions you might have with your investments. But really in general, long-term investing has been statistically the way to go for the last 100 years, if you look back at the numbers. But the thing is, is that sometimes people panic when the markets crash. What quarantine taught us is in March, April, a little bit of May, the markets were down big, right? And depending on where you were, if you were international or US or whatever your investments are, small, large, everyone got hit with it. And what ended up happening was, is that some people panicked and they either got all the way out of the market and sold off their investments when they were down and they missed out on the opportunity of how quick the markets bounced back. I mean, you go from a ultimately negative, maybe some of the worst negative numbers since we saw since 2008 in the stock market, and you can go all the way to one of the best positive years by the end of the year, depending on what your portfolio is, by the end of 2020. And so, what people may have learned is that what they should have learned is that staying disciplined and staying long term investment minded when it comes to a stock market crash is the way to go. You've got to stay patient and you've got to think multiple years, not just a couple days ahead. Yeah.
0: And this goes right back to the other two that, uh, subjects we've talked about here in the last few minutes. Is discipline again, right? I gotta be this. It's a behavioral issue once again. And though we had a few clients that called in concerned, we had very few that called in and were concerned. And we had a couple that were panicked, but I think, you know, talked off the ledge. But the point is that as you, this was a great learning experience because today, you can look back and go, remember what your March 30th quarterly statement looked like of 2020? Oh, it was ugly. And then look at your March 30th of 2021, or even today, go online and look at your value and it's just blows you away, blows me away as an advisor for, you know, since 83, I've been helping people with financial stuff and I have, n- I've never experienced such a wild ride. Usually there's some kind of fundamental issue that creates these big recessions, right? Or even a a market correction. We expect that kind of stuff. But this corona thing was just a wild ride. And Mm -hmm. so the only thing you can really walk away with investment-wise was if I would have done nothing, I would have been hugely successful. And those who did nothing, made no changes, maybe rebalanced a little bit took what was high and bought what was low, kind of rebalanced their accounts, benefited hugely from that. But those who panicked and made any kind of changes are the ones that were the losers, right? Right. I mean, that's what I saw. And this is very typical of these kind of of pandemic, not necessarily pandemic, but recessionary reactions or any kind of market correction. You just got to block it. And it's so hard because it is a behavioral issue.
1: Yeah, I think the the valuable lesson for people my age, so in their late 20s, early 30s, late 30s, a lot of us didn't experience 2008, right? right? Yeah, I, I mean, I was in high school, right? And so a lot of the people just barely older than me, they may have been working for the first time. They didn't have much in a retirement plan or anything like that. And so people in their 30s, that range there, this was a great experience and learning lesson for them. They got to see a major, major downturn in the market and see all the crazy news media and the negative talk and how it's never, ever, 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 ever coming never, back. Never, ever, ever. If you're a client of ours, you recognize that <laughs> voice if you've been to a workshop of ours. But the, the idea is, is that the, the doomsdayers, they come out like crazy when the markets are down and everyone panics and all the negative emotions are trying to tug on your heartstrings when the reality is, long term, the markets, when they dip, they've always done something in the positive direction later. Now we don't know that timing, and that's the that's the hard part. Is I can't, I wouldn't have been able to tell you in April, let's say the first week of April last year, when are the markets going to come back? I have no clue, you know. And and I told people that. They said, well, how long is this going to last? I said, I have no idea. I can guess but my guess is as good as yours. No matter how much I know, there's no information out there to predict the randomness of markets. And so I remember having those conversations and saying it. but I said, but what I do know is historically, when we've seen things happen in the past, this is what happened then. And if we can trust the process and trust what the design of the portfolio was in the beginning, we know what our long-term goals are, then we need to stick to the plan and see what happens. And again, this is one of those things where it's an emotional thing, it's a mental game of investing and in retirement planning, and it takes discipline to block that stuff out, but long-term, you're gonna benefit from having that stuff blocked out.
0: Right, and so I think the lesson uh, that everybody should take out of these um three comments that we've made is that behavior is the issue in each one of them, right? Sure. And forced behavior in a way happened to us over over that period of time in in 2020. It was forced behavior because we really couldn't go to the restaurant. We couldn't go to the bar. We couldn't go get pizza with the buddies and hang. I mean, you had to do it at home or it was a whole different discipline uh discipline a uh, forced discipline is right. what i'm looking for so it was a different forced discipline so we should take advantage of that and not go back to the complete undisciplined ways
1: right i mean the hard the hardest part of you know starting a new habit is breaking the old one we're lucky enough that someone broke it for us they made us they, in some they, circumstances yes they forced our hand and we broke our bad habits And now we have the opportunity to remake new ones. And we can go back to old habits. And a lot of people, probably the majority of people will go back to old habits. It's a new normal and it doesn't look exactly like it did a couple years ago, but it's still getting back to a place to where you can go and get the entertainment you want. You can pay for the things that you want. You can go shopping when you want. Those things are going to be available to you again. But your opportunity right now is to say, if I reflect back and I see what is it that I had to break, what habits did I break? How many of those things do I want to bring back? And which ones do I want to leave back there in 2020 with, you know, the past and COVID and all that stuff? Maybe some of those things you don't want to bring along with you into the future.
0: Yeah. And so I think the key to this at this point and why we bring it up today is self-reflection. Reflect on what happened the last 18 months, 14 months, 16, whatever it is. Uh, Seems like forever. Yeah, exactly. But reflect on that and try to go, where did I correct? What did I do that was really hard for me to do that I did do? And how do I keep from falling back into that old habit? And I think that's what we want to try to point out today is think about it. Just think about it. Put it in your head because so much of uh, so many of us go about our day each day and we don't think about we're not we're not focused on it. Right. We're not in the moment. We're just doing our usual thing. And if we can reflect on what happened in 2020, I think we can learn a lot about ourselves and about our behaviors that can make us better for 2021 20, and 22 and beyond.
1: We're starting to sound like a therapist. We're starting to, is this a, is this a therapy podcast well, now?
0: I, I would say so, but there's no couch in here. If there was a couch, I would be glad <laughs> to lay on it and we could talk.
1: Mm-hmm. And tell me how you feel about that. How does that make you feel?
0: Uh, uh, don't go there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking for my coloring book. Right now. Can- <laughs> I can't find it. Hey, don't make I had a coloring book in college. Oh, the mo- the majority of the time I used it was during finals. It's a great way to relieve stress. I, I
0: I'm I not had- going to
1: comment on that, but I am going to say this, I'm not buying it. I'm a millennial, so you got to remember <laughs> that, you know. I had a box of 64 crayons and a coloring oh, book I was boy. good to go. Oh. Wait, our generation a, might be a little soft. I don't know. Maybe uh, it's just me personally. I don't know.
0: I hope not. <laughs>
1: I still need a social security check when I get older. That's, tr- <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, anyway, um, th- those are three lessons that we feel like we pulled out of quarantine. It was uh, living with lower expenses, having higher savings, and staying disciplined when the markets are going up and down and there's volatility. Those are things, even though we, we lived through maybe one of the only times in history that we've ever seen anything like this, maybe one of the only times in our lifetime we may ever see anything like this, we've lived through it. There was a lot of bad, but these are some of the good things we want to carry forward into the future on our way out of this. So if you guys have questions on your finances, which I'm sure you do, there may be some things that you have like, when will I be able to retire? Do I have enough? Things, things in the, that realm of questions. You need to talk to an advisor, and we're taking on new clients here at Fike Advisors. You can go to FikeAdvisors.com, and in the top right corner, there's a Schedule Now button. You schedule a free appointment. We can do it over the phone. We can do it over Zoom, or you can come into our office if you're local. Um, and we can talk about your situation. doesn't cost you any money. Um, it does cost you some time, but I think it's worth getting an opinion on. Is there something that we can help you with? Maybe it's setting up a financial plan. Maybe it's setting up an investment portfolio that's a good fit for you. Whatever it is, you can get yourself scheduled at fikeadvisors.com, and in the top right corner, you can click Schedule Now. And from there, you can look at our calendar and find something that works out for you. Um, in the meantime, our next episode will be in a couple weeks. What are we talking about?
0: Uh, we might get back to, uh, some financial yoga I talk, you know, oh. um, he, the guy's been quiet for a we while. We can,
1: we can play some like calming meditative music in the back and you can do like breathe in revenues and breathe out. Expenses. Expenses. I, I don't know what. And I, no
0: coloring books. No coloring books. Financial yoga does not have coloring books. That's right. Oh, well, I might have them for age five and under someday, but not not right now. <laughs> Anybody over five does not, you're not allowed to have a coloring book. No. But you're allowed to pr- practice yoga work, yeah. <laughs> financial yo- yoga work.
1: Yo- yoga. You're the yoga.
0: I'm the yoga. I'm pretty
1: sure it's pronounced yogi, but I don't know. I, I'm not a yoga master. I'm changing the subject. The, I'm changing the. You're the guru here. I
0: called Webster Dictionary the other day and they said, okay. Okay, you we'll change it for
1: you. <laughs> you got you got some strings that you can pull in the That's Webster right. dictionary world.
0: Now, at the end of this week though, I'm going to practice fishing yoga. I
1: am I am too, and I think I might try to win 100 bucks. Well, good luck because I'm practice up. I'm ready to go. Wait, mom's not coming on this fishing trip, is she? Nope. Oh, see, I got a chance then. Yes, you do. That's correct. <laughs> well, guys, hey, have a good rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.